Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Rounding the News. Happy New Year. While many of us were hoping we'd ease our way into the new year relatively uneventfully, we have thus far been proven predictably naive. Now, I'm just going to do the thing I always do and double check, make sure my audio is working. Looks like it is. Don't hesitate to let me know if you experience any audiovisual glitches. So, predictably naive, 2023 is already off to a crazy start. That means that rounding the earth will remain busy for the foreseeable future. And I will continue to bring you my summary of the news as I see it through the lens of unflattening the earth, a phrase I also intend to use more frequently in the new year because it's kind of awesome. My name is Liam Sturgis and I'm your host for this weekly news roundup presented by Rounding the Earth. Before we get started, let me share my screen because I have this whole presentation for you. Look at that. There we go. Rounding the news, man down. Um, before we get started, I want to remind everyone that you can support the show by sending us a Rumble rant if you're watching on Rumble, a tip if you're watching on Rockfin, or library tokens as a tip on Odyssey. And even more importantly, I invite you to join us on our Rounding the Earth Locals community, where I have posted the show notes for today's show, and uh, along with the direct links to watch the show on all of the different platforms. We have Rumble, Rockfin, and Odyssey, as well as directly through the StreamYard platform, which we're using as our locals direct uh, platform for now. YouTube has kept us from uploading videos for a couple of weeks now. So join the community as a free member or sign up as a paid supporter to support us for $5 a month to gain access to locals exclusive live streams, such as the one we did just two days ago, discussing and breaking down Matthew Crawford's interview uh, with Steve Kirsch, which happened on Monday. It was quite a enlightening discussion. It was very good. So join the community. It's awesome. Now you may also have noticed that I have not yet released part five of my examining effective altruism series. Not to worry. It is coming. It turns out that it was rather ambitious of me thinking that I could wrap everything up in a nice bow in just one week after part four, when it had taken me over a month to get through the first four parts and set the whole thing up. Moving forward, as I posted on our locals board, I'm going to experiment with separating rounding the news and my special investigation series, allowing both to fully serve their purpose. Now I'm gonna keep an eye on the chat just in case there are any audio issues. Um, okay, without further ado, with all that said, let's get started, ladies and gentlemen. Our first story. The JCCF president, John Carpe, spends a day in jail. Yes, indeed, John Carpe, the president of the Alberta-based Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms, surrendered himself for arrest in the final days of 2022. He spent part of New Year's Eve in custody, as I understand it. In a statement released on January 1st, the JCCF announced that it was made aware of a Canada-wide warrant for John's arrest, at which point he presented to the Calgary Police Services, like a cooperative gentleman. Describing the warrant as unexpected and without explanation, the JCCF and John explained that it was issued in connection with the events that took place in 2021, referring to John's hiring of a private investigator to follow Glenn Joyal, Chief Justice of what is now Manitoba's Court of King's Bench. According to CBC News, John faces an upcoming hearing 
before the Law Society of Manitoba starting February 8th. Kip Warner, executive director of the Canadian Society for the Advancement of Science in Public Policy, or CSAP, as he told me to call it, responded to the news with the following statement where he summarized the events leading to the arrest. I quote, Mr. Carpe did not enjoy his New Year's Eve. An understatement, perhaps. I had hoped his difficulties would have ended after he faced serious professional repercussions to his livelihood from the Canadian Bar Association. Instead, he spent yesterday in solitary confinement without a cot, mattress, blanket, or even a pillow after having been criminally charged and taken into custody by the Calgary police. This was presumably in response to Mr. Carpe having engaged a private investigator to investigate Chief Justice Joyelle's private life as it related to various provincial COVID-19 restrictions that were in effect at the time. Although I did not agree with Mr. Carpe's decision after it was well publicized and I came to learn of it, I do appreciate that he believed he was doing the right thing. Now, nevertheless, the JCCF continues to litigate cases related to COVID-19, including against restrictions on gathering in both the province of Alberta and Ontario, among several others. Moving right along. Ah, yes, the face of a nervous man. The United States has no speaker so far. Kevin McCarthy. Well, for the first time since 1923, the United States of America is left without a speaker of the House of Representatives, the lower chamber of Congress. Kevin McCarthy was expected to assume the position following the Republican Party's victory of the House during the closer than anticipated 2022 midterm elections, having previously served as House minority leader. However, as of Thursday night, McCarthy had failed to win a majority of support from his Republican colleagues after a shocking 11 rounds of voting. I should correct this because technically, I'm not totally sure if it was a majority of support or if there was a certain threshold, which in fact there is. He needs 218 votes and has thus far settled at 200 with Representative Matt Gates shifting his 201st vote to former President Donald Trump before the day was done. More specifically, he did so on the seventh ballot out of 11. For those who find that to be an absurd proposal, that President Donald Trump could in fact become Speaker of the House for any reason, it is actually within the realm of possibility. As Axios points out, nothing in the Constitution requires the Speaker to be a sitting member of Congress though that has been the case throughout U.S. history. Furthermore, there may even be a good strategic reason to call for this, if you happen to be in that camp, as suggested by constitutional lawyer Robert Barnes several weeks ago in an appearance on The Duran. I recommend you check out the first 10 to 15 minutes of the video in question to hear Barnes out on this one. It's at, at least it's interesting. And of course, the show notes for this show with links to all these videos and all the citations, some 35 of them can be found on the, the, the post I made for this show, roundingtheearth.locals.com. All right. So very interesting. I haven't checked the news, I assume, because it's now... Uh, it's midday Friday here, and it's even later in the afternoon over in D.C. I assume there's been further news. Uh, I suppose if people wanted to spoil it in the chat, they could. That would be kind of fun. But uh, I'm going to check on that shortly after finishing this episode. All right. 
Uh, I don't think the phrase "Happy January 6th is uh, is is one that would be advisable, so I'm not going to say it. <laughs> However, it is worth noting that um, today, uh, two years ago today, many thousands of protesters descended upon Washington D.C. to contest the results of the 2020 presidential election. It was a day that was sure to live in infamy, no matter the outcome. Now, much like the COVID-19 crisis, something real, in this case, a real protest that really got out of hand, just like there is a real health crisis, was used as a political vehicle, taken advantage of and rewritten time and time again. An interesting summary of events can be found at a website called Here is the Evidence. Now, look, one of the many loose ends, and there are many, not yet tied up from the January 6th protest, is the identity of a person captured on camera planting pipe bombs in garbage cans outside both the Republican National Committee, the RNC, and the Democratic National Committee, the DNC. Now, thankfully, no explosions ever actually occurred. Believe you me. If they had, that would be probably the biggest part of this story. But they never did. Now, as reported by the Epoch Times on January 4th, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, our friends at the FBI, announced that they were increasing the reward they were offering for information on the suspect. They were previously offering $100,000. That has now become $500,000. So, will we learn the identity of this person? Well, thank goodness they were wearing a mask, right? For their safety and yours. But we'll see what happens. Now, there are some honorable mentions here, stories that I had included in my list but didn't get a chance to go into further. So let's try this out. My headline here is Ukraine precision strike on school kills 60 plus Russian soldiers. This is being reported all across the map. And what is in question is how many Russian soldiers were hurt or killed. Russia has officially said it's, I think, I don't know, 60, what is it, 61 or two or something, whereas Ukraine is describing somewhere in the three to 400 range. Um, regardless, the actual uh, casualty, uh, the, the final number will fall somewhere between there. But it was a precision strike on a school that was at the time housing Russian soldiers. And at the moment, it looks as though the source of Information that led to the successful strike was the fact that Russian soldiers were against the rules set by the Russian government using their cell phones uh, because it was, after all, New Year's. So it's never happy when someone gets hurt. And the sad fact is this is war. This happens in every war. But there we go. The second honorable mention is Jordan Peterson facing re-education for political wrong think. This headline from the Toronto Sun, Jordan Peterson threatened with psychologist license being revoked over political statements online. The bylines, the byline reads, Canada supports free speech, but wants to stop citizens from exercising that very right. If you want to learn more about that, you can go see Jordan Peterson's own comments on Twitter where he outlines what happened. And that is why we call it an honorable mention, because we will not get into it in any more detail today. And now. The big story we're talking about, the headline of this video, 
man down. Now, I will say that following my posting of, of the video, the, uh, the announcement that this video was coming yesterday, Control Group, one of our colleagues, a very friendly robot, as I understand it, posted a follow-up tweet to me saying, read this. And he linked a Medium article before Man Down. And I, I skimmed it. I unfortunately didn't have the chance to go through it in as much detail as I would like. But as I told him, based on what I saw, I think it will be fairly consistent with what I'm about to report here. And you'll see what I mean. And I look forward to reading that in more detail after this and providing the link. In fact, I think I did so on the Locals page, roundingtheearth.locals.com. But this is the story. Damar Hamlin suffers cardiac arrest on the field. In a shocking moment broadcast to millions of live TV viewers on January 2nd, Buffalo Bills player Damar Hamlin collapsed. This is a video replay of the tragic event. That's mm. uh, not what any of us want to see, and everybody's around him, and just hope that he's going to be okay. So we'll take another break here in Cincinnati. Now, what followed was an unprecedented demonstration of how divided the public has become. It seems that everyone immediately jumped into action with the internet split down the middle on what definitely happened. Everyone, however, quickly came to the same understanding that Hamlin had indeed collapsed due to cardiac arrest. In human terms, his heart stopped. Despite the novelty with which Hamlin's injury is being discussed, he is far from the first athlete to collapse under mysterious circumstances since the rollout of the COVID-19 injectable products. One website that's been keeping track of such, uh, such events, uh, such incidents, is Good Sciencing. Their current tally of so-called hashtag collapsing athletes has reached the grim milestone of 1,616, 1,114 of which have died. Now, here's the catch, and this is something that this website itself makes very clear. It is highly unlikely, if not impossible, that all of these athletes collapsed because of the shot. That is nowhere near what matters, though. Athletes collapsed before 2021 from a variety of causes. It did happen but nowhere near this many. And as such, it stands to reason that those already paying attention to this ongoing health crisis jumped to conclusions. What was perhaps less expected is the way in which seemingly average people so quickly engaged in preemptively countering any suggestion at all that the shot could have played a role. 
I call this next section hashtag collapsing athletes and hashtag jumping to conclusions. In his video published on January 3rd, Ryan Christian of The Last American Vagabond detailed at length the ways in which both the new media and regular people on the internet were immediately jumping to conclusions based on what they had already decided was or could not be the case, resulting in only two possible lanes that you could drive in. However, the point that Ryan really hammers home in his video is this. It is always okay to ask the question. After all, that is the scientific method, and it is far more important to acknowledge what we can't possibly know than it is to insist on shaping a narrative in one's own favor. That goes for everybody, no matter your bias. No matter which of these stories you've been tracking, whether you've been fighting misinformation since the onset, or if you've been trying to warn people about what appear to be very dangerous pharmaceutical products. Each individual case of something like this is not the same as the last. Don't be, for example, like Greg Doyle of Indie Star, who definitely thinks he knows exactly what happened. The headline reads, Don't let anti-vaxxers lie to you about Damar Hamlin, like they did with Burt Smith. I just want to jump in and, Jen Slavin, thanks for calling them injectable products, not vaccines. I like accuracy. Gort Des replies, transfections. And Jen replies, yes, also a good term, agreed. Yes, I try to be literal. And in fact, on the note of transfections, that is what J.J. Cooey has been referring to them as for a long time. And he, uh, about a week ago in a stream, really emphasized that in his perspective, we have to begin holding each other and people around us, whether on the internet or in person, to account. The exact words that are used change the meaning. And it sounds ridiculous to have to emphasize, but using the term literally, like there were literally a million people. No, there were not literally so-and-so most of the time. So thank you for the reminder there. And I'm glad you agree with my uh, choice of words. Okay. In his article, which you'll note also came out less than 24 hours after Hamlin's collapse, as all of these things did, Doyle warns his readers that anti-vaxxers were flooding social media to overtly and intentionally lie in order to promote their agenda. He describes these people as evil, no less than five times in the article itself. This is just three of them highlighted, or six if you count the title listed in search engines, which you can see at the top of this slide here. Yikes. Now, not only are those people evil in Doyle's eyes, but anybody who falls for their lies are gullible and following them into the depths of hell. Those are direct quotes. He does afford this group of others one backhanded compliment, though. He says, these folks weren't uninformed. Nope, just evil people who don't like being told what to do. I suppose, though, that implies that non-evil people do like being told what to do. Unfortunately, Doyle does seem to be rather uninformed himself about at least a few things. Demonstrated by, for example, his assertion that the Twitter account at Died Suddenly, formed five weeks ago, is, quote, devoted to this one piece of misinformation, rather than devoted to, oh, 
I don't know, promoting the movie of the same name. <sighs> the point is this. Doyle doesn't know anything much about DeMar Hamlin's situation. So why does he seem so confident in his crass dismissal of anybody who even thinks about the word vaccine in this context? Isn't it odd that he would be so devoid of curiosity as to describe anybody and everybody who holds a different thought in their head than him as either evil or gullible? As for me, I have learned that, well, if I've learned anything over the last three years, it is that there will always be something else to learn. And that's why I like you guys watching now, because I think you're the same way. So let's learn. Dr. Robert Malone brings us to our new term of the week, Commodio Cordis. Dr. Robert Malone joined our friend Tommy on Tommy's podcast to share some very wise words on the situation and to help articulate why both sides of the conversation were almost definitely wrong. Describing the commotion, Dr. Malone explains that from his understanding, Hamlin took a hard hit to the chest and he got up, staggered, went down. The medical response team, as you guys saw in the clip that we showed, they acted very quickly, succeeding in cardioversion. In the words of the Mayo Clinic, cardioversion is a medical procedure that uses quick, low-energy shocks to restore a regular heart rhythm, but basically, they got his heart started back up. They succeeded in bringing him back to life. But after a period of time, it didn't come easy, Malone said. The good doctor then elaborated on something called Cardis, which I'm most certainly mispronouncing, which was quickly deferred to in the mainstream discussion as the supposed most likely cause of Hamlin's cardiac arrest. But first, he established that not enough information was yet available for anybody to be making any sort of authoritative claim on the cause, particularly in this dichotomy of, oh, it's myocarditis from the shot or commodiocarditis from something else. It's bringing out, now I quote Robert Malone, it is bringing out, let's say, the best and the worst of the internet community right now. Some of my colleagues jumped into the fray right away. I can tell you, I took a lot of flack last night for not doing that. And I'm so glad I stuck to my guns and didn't and waited for a little more information to trickle out. But what is Commodio Cordis? <laughs> Despite Gortes, uh, I, I, I don't believe learning is overrated. I think learning is fun. Um, but agree to disagree. Now, a 2012 paper in the American Heart Association's journal called Circulation, Arrhythmia, and Electrophysiology describes it as a phenomenon in which a sudden blunt impact to the chest causes sudden death in the absence of cardiac damage. The University of Connecticut's Corey Stringer Institute, which I think is a sports medicine uh, academic institution, elaborates Commodio Cordis is seen mostly in athletes between the ages of 8 and 18 who are partaking in sports with projectiles, such as baseballs, hockey pucks, or lacrosse balls. These projectiles can strike the athletes in the middle of the chest with a low impact, but enough to cause the heart to enter an arrhythmia. Martial arts is a sport in which a strike of the hand can also cause the heart to change its rhythm. 
without immediate CPR and defibrillation, the prognosis of commodio cordis is not very good. This condition is extremely dangerous with rare survival. As was pointed out in an article published by UNC Health, once again on January 3rd, the condition is except exceptionally rare. Only about two dozen cases are reported every year. How does that stack up against the risk of cardiac arrest temporally associated with COVID-19 injection? Well, I, I, to be frank, I'm not the man to answer that. That's where Matthew or JJ or Jessica Rose or, 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 or doctors seeing these patients would be far more equipped to opine. But apparently, uh, Dr. Christopher Kelly, the author of this article, may not be so well-equipped himself either. To his credit, he points out that football's extremely dangerous for a variety of reasons, but commodio cordis is generally not one of them. But I'm not sure how that squares then with Later in the article, his suggestion that the condition is a leading cause of sudden cardiac death among young athletes. If there's only two dozen a year, that would mean that most of the deaths among athletes are commodio cordis. So how many athletes die a year normally? These are all very important questions. Okay. Now, he supports this assertion by linking to an article on the National Library of Medicine. Let me pull myself out of here real quick. The National Library of Medicine, um, specifically their National Center for Biotechnology Information, that states, although it is infrequent, it is an important cause of sudden death in young athletes. This page, I was curious when it was last updated. As you can see, it was last updated September 19, 2022. And the earliest archive version I can find was last updated June 27, 2020. So predating the shots, but still very recent. So look, based on my limited knowledge, it looks to me like commodio cordis is generally seen as something you don't walk away from. As such, I find it interesting that so many people were so quick to go with this ridiculously rare assumed diagnosis while lashing out at anybody asking whether myocarditis was a possibility. Especially given that reported cases of myocarditis and yes, along with pericarditis are very much a thing and at a higher rate than expected. So the peer reviewed material now says, Obviously, heart damage is very serious. You don't need to be a scientist to know that, no matter the cause. And the next few years are going to be very rough as the long-term effects of heart damage that may have been caused by the mass vaccination campaign is witnessed. That's why you do long-term studies. But how is he now? Well, as of Thursday evening, Hamlin is said to have woken up. The headlines are straight out of Hollywood and are changing in live time. As you can see, the most recent one from CNN that I had grabbed, Damar Hamlin is awake and holding hands with family, his agent tells CNN. 
days after his cardiac arrest during NFL game. But wait, two hours prior, almost to the minute, it read, DeMar Hamlin's first question after waking up was, did we win? Doctor says, days after his cardiac arrest during an NFL game. To be clear, he's not speaking. He wrote that down on a piece of paper, allegedly. And he's communicating with head shakes and such. I think we'll get into that. But according to CNN, C uh, Hamlin is on the mend, okay? He seems to be neurologically sound and is moving his hands and feet, though he is not yet speaking. Needless to say, I'm joining in with the millions of people praying for Hamlin to make a recovery. No ifs, ands, or buts. I quote, Buffalo Bills player DeMar Hamlin is awake in a Cincinnati hospital, neurologically sound, moving his hands and feet. News that has drawn relief and joy from supporters nationwide. His first question upon awakening, did we win? Hamlin scribbled on a clipboard, according to Dr. Timothy Pritz, vice chair for clinical operations at UC Health. Yes, DeMar, you won. You've won the game of life. Pritz said at a news conference in Cincinnati Thursday afternoon, paraphrasing the response of one of his medical partners. And that's all for today, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in to Rounding the News. I hope you learned as much as I did. And look, if you've enjoyed the show, as I said before, please feel free, drop us a Rumble rant uh, if you're watching on Rumble, a tip if you're watching on Rockfin. Uh, you can also do a library token tip on Odyssey if that's where you're watching. And of course, before you leave, go and sign up as a member of our Locals community at roundingtheearth.locals.com. You can even snag yourself a free month of premium support using the promo code, which should be included in a pinned comment. And if it's not, it might generate one. After which you can keep us going and gain access to behind the scenes discussions that we are keeping within our more intimate community. I have been Liam Sturgis, and you can find me, oops, at www.liamsturgis.com or on Twitter at the Liam Sturgis. Thank you all once again, and I will see you next week. <laughs>